Hello and welcome to Supply Chains, the Secret Sauce. I'm your host, Wade Wickes, CEO of Link Supply Chains at linksupplychains.com. This show is dedicated to supply chain and the secret sauce that supply chain provides for businesses. Going to have some humor, real life issues, some solutions, great connections, and a few life lessons. So tune in. Hi, everyone. Well, on this show, we have Tom Kutsky, who's got over 40 years of experience in the food distribution market. In today's show, we're going to learn a lot about how to be a great leader over multiple DCs. So if you or someone you know is a leader over multiple DCs, tune into the show. You're going to hear some great secret sauce about what to do and how to do it. Stay tuned. Hey, welcome everybody to our show. Today, we're really excited to have our special guest, Mr. Tom Kuski. Yes, a real icon in the food distribution industry. We're so happy to have Tom on the show. And I just want to tell you a little bit about Tom. Tom has over 40 years, that's 40, 40 years of experience in the food service distribution industry. 33 years in various positions of executive leadership and management, ranging from manager to regional VP of supply chain over several DCs for a publicly traded company. Tom has worked for Fortune 100 companies to privately held companies, Cisco, U.S. Foods, United National Foods, and Bix Produce. Tom started his career as a warehouse pick selector. He has done every possible job in the warehouse, became a delivery driver, then a transportation supervisor, a manager, and on up to the executive level from there. He is a leader that really understands every working task and listens to the concerns of team members. Tom has even kept his CDL active still today. One thing that uh, I've always admired about Tom is his willingness to cultivate his team through empowerment and accountability. I am pleased to welcome to the show my good friend, Tom Kutsky. Welcome, Tom. Thank you, Wade. Great to be here with you. I'm excited uh, excited to be part of your, your endeavor here. So great to be here. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And you're coming from, uh, hailing from Minnesota right now. Is that right? I am. I'm in Little Canada, Minnesota today. Yes. Awesome. And no snow and yet? No, no snow. It's, uh, you know, I tease the people up here about it snows in October, doesn't it? But uh, they're not buying into that. So that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah, it's sign. a great day up here. It's sunny and 80 degrees today, so I can't complain. That's beautiful. beautiful. That's great to hear. You never know yeah. Minnesota. <laughs> right. That's right. Well, it's, it's great to have you on the show. Um, I wanted to, to talk a little bit about uh, today about um, what's one thing, because of your wealth of experience, that you would like to share to maybe those, those other individuals out there that are struggling with regional management of DCs and multiple DCs. You've learned a lot and you've experienced a lot in your time. And I just thought it would be really interesting to, to hear from you. What are some things that helped you in your success um, managing multiple DCs? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. When I, when I uh, started at the regional level, the, the first thing that that I learned, Wade, was um, logistically there's challenges, right? Depending on the locations of the DCs, right? 
and the ability to travel and, and have FaceTime at each one of these DCs can be extremely challenging uh, based on the size of the territory where the DCs are located, uh, much less than you throw in the flight patterns. How do you get there, right? Airport to airport. And, and so that adds some challenges and, and complexity. So, you know, for me, uh, that was one of the first things that, that hit me. And, and when you think about assembling a team to run a region, you want to make sure that you have good coverage of your region and that you're able to reach those DCs with resources uh, when, when they need it and when you need to be there. So um, logistics was definitely a challenge. But, you know, one of the things I think about uh, being at the region level is alignment. So, you know, I would tell you that alignment was extremely important to me uh, running the region and making sure that that everybody was aligned with, you know, whether it was the financial goals, uh, whether it was the tactical goals that we had in place to reach those financial goals, you know, and take care of the customer. Alignment, extremely important when you're running the region. So how did you uh, communicate and make sure that alignment got down to that frontline supervisor? Um, what was your, your technique when you came to the facility? Would you walk through and talk or how, how did you manage that? Yeah, so there were a couple of key things that I started. Um, one was that we did a weekly call. Uh, we had all the VPs of operations on that weekly call, and we discussed, you know, performance um, across the region, uh, recognizing the best in class and, and the ones that were challenged and why. And um, I always tried to develop a collaborative type approach to the region. You know, as a region uh, leader, you want to make sure that that peer group is working together, right? And uh, learning from each other and and having that high level of collaboration so that they're reaching out to each other. Uh, that was very powerful. And uh, we accomplished a lot. Um, you know, using benchmark reports, say, hey, you know, this, this DC is doing an outstanding job. You know, reach out, call this VPO, talk to the team, that kind of thing. Um, so a lot of that occurred on that weekly call. Um, the other thing that I did is whenever we went into a DC, I always wanted to meet the team and I wanted to meet the entire team right down to the supervisory level. Uh, because, you know, one of the things I tried to establish was that leadership succession, building the bench strength, right? So uh, if we wanted a, a transportation manager or a warehouse manager to become that next VPO, what was that career path we had that individual on? And then who's going to backfill them in that position, right? And so that supervisory level is really the area that you can continue to grow your teams, grow your people. Um, and there were many times where we, we actually took talent out of one division and moved that talent to another division because we knew it was there, right? And we knew it exists. So uh, that, was a, that was a big part of um, success in running the, uh, the region. Uh, yeah, the, so other thing I would tell you, the other thing I would tell you, Wade, is that um, there is no, there is absolutely no uh, substitute for local leadership strength right, from that VP of operations being part of that executive leadership team at that DC down through their team. Um, because at the region level, uh, all of our best performing DCs had a lot of strength in the local leadership level. 
So that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's very important. Like you said, you know, to have that yeah. alignment and that, I guess, focus that everybody is important from the supervisor on up and that uh, succession plan really helps to cultivate that. That's a great point. Right. And, and I just kind of wanted to hit in on your, on your point because it's not always done at some companies where they stay within the silo and the supply chain of, well, you're in warehouse, so you can only come up through warehouse, right? Moving people around from transportation and other aspects. Sounds like you did that quite a bit. And that probably added a lot of fruit and value to helping to understand maybe the other side of the supply chain equation of transportation or other areas. Did you see that? Yeah, you know, uh, the other piece of alignment too that, it is really alignment with the other departments within that DC, right? Um, you know, I always, I always wanted to have a real strong customer service focus and a passion for the service of the customer and then have that kind of culture built. Um, so aligning with the sales side of the business, extremely important, right? Um, and when you, when you talk about delivery frequencies and those kinds of metrics, very important aligned with finance, right? It all starts with the annual operating plan and it starts there and that kind of sets the goals for the year. And so you have to have that alignment on that side of the business and then the purchasing side, right? Where all the goods are coming in from and uh, the ability to manage when that inbound freight is hitting our docks. And so alignment all the way through that DC operationally from a, from a, different um, department perspective, extremely important uh, with alignment. That's a great point because it probably allows you as a team to be more flexible and jump through hoops. As you know, sales are increasing. Hey, this is coming. This is what we need to react. That sort of thing is what you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You know, there's all, you know, uh, when you're running a, a region, you know, there's so many different perspectives that you have to consider, whether it's, um, organized labor versus non-organized labor, um, knowing the contracts of each of those DCs, uh, the ability to, to maneuver through that uh, adds additional complexities that are they, they can be difficult at times. But again, I go back to the strength of the local leadership, understanding the culture, um, understanding what needs to be done to service the customer. All those things become critical uh, as you're running a region. So. Um, you know, just just having that local leadership strength, extremely valuable. And did you connect with the C-level of each DC as well, like the CEO to just understand their vision and, and what they see? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, the one thing I learned at the region level is that um, you want to go in there and you want everybody to be aligned, moving in the right, the same direction, uh, going after the goals. And so when you start with that annual operating plan, that kind of, it starts there. It starts from the financial performance and then it moves into what are the tactical things that we're going to do to drive that performance. And those goals, those tactical goals need to be lined up with everybody in that DC from the CEO or the president right on down. Um, and so I never went into a division without letting the president know I was coming um, and letting them, you know, communicating with them first, you know, what are you seeing? What are you not seeing? What do we need to work on? You know, are you being supported? Those types of things. Very, very important. So that once you get into the DC, you've got the full strength of the uh, the executive leadership team. 
to help you accomplish those goals. That's that's kind of the secret sauce that you're getting to there about planning and that budgeting. And really, I imagine you incorporated the thoughts and feelings of not only the, the leader of the operations group, but but maybe included the managers and the supervisors as well in developing that plan. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wade, we always, we always went down to the manager of the department as part of that planning process. You know, um, in most of the organizations, as you know, it starts on the finance side and it's, it's kind of like, here is the budget we need you to build towards. And then it becomes to the operations team, how are we going to get there? How are we going to achieve these goals, right? What's our cost per case goal going to be? And where does it need to be? And then how are we going to do that? And so, you know, while you might see a lot of opportunity on the delivery side, um, you can make up for it, or you, or you might not see a lot of opportunity on the delivery side, you can make up for it on the warehouse side. And so I always look forward to that that meeting that we would have where we'd sit down for the with the team locally, we'd spend a whole day, we had the finance leader in there, you know, this is the where we need to be. And we would really build from the ground up. What was our throughput numbers we needed to hit by month? And then I really felt good about when we took it down to the week, you know, so you got a 52 week calendar year and we would take it right down to the week. What is our throughput this week? And where do we need to be? And what's our overtime percent? And those were always fun meetings uh, because you could really, you could really view as, as uh, again, as a region leader, you could really see the strengths and the weaknesses of the team locally. And, um, they were always very good to uh, to allow those managers an opportunity to present in front of you and to grow and and be able to own their their plan. You know, coming from them, they have ownership; they own it. Then, right, and therefore they're going to execute. They're going to awesome. execute better. That's awesome, and that that really parlays to that buy-in and that alignment that you're talking about. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, those were those were fun meetings. Again, we'd spend a whole day and we we would go through throughputs and overtime, and then we'd go back and we'd relook at it. And again, we were down to the week level, and so we'd look at it by week. And then you factor in the holidays, right? And what happens on the holidays? And what happened last year? But last year isn't the same as this year, so now it moved to a different week. And you know, you had all those nuances, but it really helped us build really solid plans. I thought, um, yeah. And for, and for those listening that don't don't understand like this segment of the business, it, it really is just a plan, right? Because you do have the things that come up that can either exponentially grow that plan, uh, you acquire new business or something like that, or you lose some business and then things change. So it, it is just a, a plan that uh, yeah. that's variable. And so yeah. as you go through the year, how do you kind of keep track of that and, and where things are going to make sure that alignment, you know, stays consistent? Yeah, we had, um, we had, um, we had developed a cadence of, you know, it was weekly conversations from myself to the VPOs, right? Um, every week about where we're at and what they're seeing. And, you know, like you said, sales are up, sales are higher than we expected. Okay, it's gonna cost us more, but where are we at from a cost per case perspective? Um, and then we had a monthly review um, and the monthly review was at the region level 
So the whole regional team doing a, doing a call or a, a face-to-face meeting with the local team talking about the performance of the period. Um, and that kept us on track as we went through the year. Yeah. And, you know, some backfill for, for listeners, what Tom's talking about too, is, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff that his teams are working on during all this, right? They're optimizing WMS, they're optimizing routing, trying to find every way possible to hit those cost figures and to uh, exceed the sales expectations that are put out there. And, and that's not an easy process. So uh, getting your team aligned to your point um, helps to make that process possible. Yeah, you know, um, Wade, I'll share one example from my experience, you know, um, and, and I still look at this really closely today, and it's outbound cube per pallet, right? So when you're, when you're a distributor and you're, you're selecting um, on pallets, um, productivity can be gained and lost, won or lost on how many cubes you're putting on each of those pallets, right? And so we had an initiative in the region of driving up our cube per pallet. Um, and when I started on the journey in the region, we were in that mid 30, high 30 range, 38, 35 to 38, 39. And, uh, you know, when we left, we were up in the, the, the mid 50s. Wow. Per pallet. So a significant gain, right? Yeah. But that, but that, when I talk about alignment, that didn't come because we weren't all aligned and that was our goal. We were going to drive our outbound cube per pallet up, right? And, um, you know, the amount of trips, if, you, if, you're, if you're doing the analyzation around that metric, you can see how much time in travel you can save through your warehouse every night or every day, you know, depending on when you're selecting for your customers. But it's significant travel reduction, you know, because you're making less passes through your warehouse and it just drove a lot of productivity. And how I got there was, it was alignment to say, we're going to set short-term and long-term goals, but it was also that collaboration reaching out to our best divisions that were hitting it out of the park. You know, how are you doing it? You know, and, and the power of benchmarking and the benchmark reports because those those make you stop and think, well, if they can do it and we're servicing the same customers, why can't we do it, right? And, uh, you know, oftentimes we can all get in our own way sometimes, right, in supply chain and, and you know, being open to trying something new or changing what you're doing. So important today. You can't get stuck, right? And it's okay to, to stumble every once in a while because that's how you get better, right? I mean, so many people want right. to have perfection and, and that's not always possible. No, no, but but incremental improvement is and, right. and how you get there is, you know, and so I, I really, really pushed collaboration, you know, call Bob, talk to Bob, see how Bob's doing it. Why are they getting 60 Q per pallet and you're at 38? What are they doing differently? Same customer base, that type of thing, you know. So, um, I was really proud of that metric. That's awesome. We, we drove a lot of productivity with that, you know. That, that's a great metric. That's that's a really wonderful metric to share. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's one you don't keep an eye on closely enough. You, we do a lot on the the inbound side, you know, because that's how the buyers are procuring. You know, are they always buying a full pallet quantity or the are they buying at layers? And so that kind of drives that metric. 
it's the outbound side that you can lose sight of. Yeah, that's great. Are, are there any other metrics that you would say are in your top five to that you really appreciate? Anything? Well, you know, it's it's your throughputs um, for for the crews, right? It's your outbound, your inbound throughputs. Uh, inbound, we always use pallets per hour because we're moving boards in many cases. You know, your overtime percent is another big one. Those those things drive your financials, right? And um, you know, I was a firm believer that. I always wanted my metrics to align with the financials. So if we're driving throughput, that means that we're driving hours out the door, which means they're going to show up on the financials and the P&L. Yep. And so, yep. you know, cost per case was another one that we focused on uh, very closely. One, so, one that comes to my mind uh, when, when we worked together that, that you were really good with is uh, indirect hours. You know, just yeah. managing that downtime, which, you know, people need some downtime, but just being able to manage that. Was pretty yeah, cool. yeah. It's all the time when they're not, they, the, that associates can, are not productive, right? They're not moving boxes. They're not, they're not selecting. It's analyzing that time all the time and just looking for opportunities to reduce that indirect time, you know? Yep. Yeah, that's a very good one as well. Well, and I know we, we both have some amazing, funny stories about warehouse team members and how challenging a warehouse, you know, just managing a warehouse today can be very challenging. The things that people do um, can be very challenging. Um, do you have any good stories that, that you'd be willing to share about a while? You know, you know it's funny. I, I have a million stories. I don't know if we have enough time to cover them all, but you know, the one thing I will tell you, and if you're a young leader out there, you know, um, sometimes it's right in front of you, right? Uh, you can be in the forest and not see the trees, right? And um, looking for those opportunities, like for, for young leaders out there, I would say, if you don't have any experience with continuous improvement, um, and I'm not advocating you go out and get a black belt and lean um, or Six Sigma or whatever, any but just understanding the principles, understanding, um, you know, how that whole world exists and what it can do for you uh, from a continuous improvement side, having that mindset, that eye, that that's where you, that's where you find those funny stories, <laughs> right? Whether it's, whether it's somebody taking the garbage out of the building that just disappears on you and you can go out there and, search the entire parking lot and never see a pallet jack or a person or anybody. And where'd they go? Where'd they disappeared, right? And uh, it's those types of things, the, the continuous improvement mindset and keeping your eyes open. And it's amazing. I've, I've had such an opportunity to walk through warehouses with really talented people and people that have that eye, right? Um, I, would, I would tell any young leader, Try and develop that eye. Try and develop that continuous improvement mindset. And you know, um, you know, an example would be you walk through a warehouse and you look, and somebody that really understands slotting and understands capacity and understands cube utilization, they're going to look at a warehouse and go, "Boy, you have a lot of airspace in this warehouse." You know, but you and I could walk through and go, "Boy, it looks great. It's clean. It's nice." You know, but there's all this airspace, right? And so. It's those types of things that that lead you to those funny stories. Um, 
you know, I'm trying to think if I have any, you know, immediate stuff, but I, I really don't. I, uh, um, that come to mind anyway. I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, because we yeah. all have. You know. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I agree that, that um, there, there are always going to be people that are going to, you know, eat a candy bar and hide and, and do the wrong things. But yeah. equally, those, those talented people that will uh, help you be successful. And I think you really keyed in on, on that. And I appreciate that. I think that's some great stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, one that comes to mind is, you know, we caught, we actually, one of my DCs, um, the, the local leadership caught a group of Knight Warehouse Associates that had built a little cardboard camp up off the beaten path within the warehouse. And they would go in there, they would take turns, uh, you know, eating. Uh, so they were stealing from the company. They would uh, take turns sleeping. You know, it was nap time during the shift. So, I mean, those types of things, right? And unless you're on the floor, you're visible, you're watching, you're, you're looking at productivity every night and those types of things that can go on for a while until you catch them, you know? Yeah. So the more diligent you are, the more you're going to find that stuff. And that's, and that's so important as these warehouses get bigger and certainly there's automation and robots that, you know, are a little bit different struggle, but with, with human beings, you're very, very true. Very good point about yeah. going and seeing and doing and looking at um, the metrics that relate to productivity. So that's, that was a great point because yeah. some of these warehouses and I'm sure the ones you've been in are huge. Yeah. 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 There were, uh, there were several, uh, uh, DCs that we had that were over a million square feet, you know, so to walk from one end to the other takes you a half hour, you know, so you've got to be able to be out there though. And that's where your local leadership has to be really engaged, highly engaged on the floor. There's no substitute for it. You yeah. know, there's really not. Yeah. That's great. Well, that takes all of our time for our show today. I really appreciate your your time, Tom, and thanks for taking time out of a beautiful, warm day in Minnesota and yeah. uh, spending some time with us. I appreciate it. Um, I think you gave a lot of secret sauce to all of our listeners, and I think they'll benefit a great deal from your messaging. I really appreciate well, your time. Well, I appreciate you thinking about me and reaching out, Wade, and uh, let me know if I can help again or a um, really, really nice conversation. Thank you very much. I'll make you, I'll make you buy coffee next time. <laughs> Let's hope we can do that. I can't wait to have coffee with you. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Great. All right. All right. Sign you take off. care. Well, everybody, that's our show for today. Thank you very much for tuning in. As always, check us out at www.linksupplychains.com. Provide any comments. I always want to know how to improve the podcast. And please subscribe. And be sure to share this podcast with those you think that might find usefulness with it. Appreciate you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>